Don't worry, don't worry. Raheem Morris's new look defense won't mean changing roles for Caden Ellis or the rest of the Falcons linebacker. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everyone, to another illustrious episode of the Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code in all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. And guys, if you don't know me, I'm your very humble host, Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black, a.k.a. Mr. A.k.a. And I've been covering the Falcons for far too long, formerly at falcfans.com, R.I.P., but still going strong on this illustrious podcast. And I appreciate each and every one of you that are going strong with me. Shout out to the everydayers that tune into this illustrious pod each and every day as their first listen or first watch of the day. You too can become an everydayer by all you got to do is subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, uh, you know, today we're continuing our positional reviews, looking at the linebacker core. And unlike previous episodes where we've been trying to balance like coaching hires and doing these positional reviews today, we're just going to do a full show talking linebackers. And I'm sure some of you are like, well, linebackers is not that interesting. Oh, my friend, you don't know, right? We're going to be talking about why Troy Anderson, you know, should be regaining that starting spot next to Kate Nellis over a Nate Landman because it potentially raises the ceiling for this Falcons defense. We'll talk about whether or not the Falcons need to add a linebacker looking more for depth or, you know, maybe they could be shopping for starters this offseason. But we'll start with an overview of how this past season went for the linebacker position and sort of if a new scheme change under Raheem Morris is going to change things up, especially for a player like Kay Nellis, who is seemingly such a great fit in the Ryan Nielsen defense. And when we look back at the season, right, the linebacker position was a relative strength for the Falcons, but you know, it wasn't as strong as it could have been because the injury to Troy Anderson, that torn pectoral muscle that he suffered in that week three lions game kind of threw a wrench into their general defensive plans. I think. Right, that we talked about after that Lions game on the All 22 review that week. We talked about how the Falcons kind of unveiled their Ruby Dime defense, that three, two, six dime defense, right? Where their three down linemen were Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, and David Onyemata. The two linebackers were Caden Ellis and, and Troy Anderson, with Ellis sort of functioning as the fourth pass rusher alongside those three down linemen, while Anderson being more of the coverage linebacker. And then, of course, you had the six defensive backs. Uh, which included three corners and three safeties. And the Falcons, because of that Troy Anderson injury, did not fully invest, fully unveil the Ruby defense um, as they wanted to, right? They they still played a lot of dime, right? But it was more of that 4-1-6 dime defense with four down linemen and one linebacker for much of the, the rest of the season, right? And they alternated sort of back and forth. And a lot of that was due to, the Falcons not being wholly comfortable with Nate Landman in coverage like they were with Troy Anderson lining up next to 
uh, Caden Ellis. And Caden Ellis, whose primary function this past season was meant to be this pass rushing, you know, guru, you know, maven, whatever you want to call it. Uh, he wound up being more of a coverage guy than he was asked, than expected to be because he was just a little bit more athletic than Nate Landman was. Uh, and so he had to be able to match up a little bit more in coverage. But you sit here and you wonder, you know, with Ryan Nielsen departing, Kay Nellis coming from New Orleans, being a Ryan Nielsen guy, right? You know, is Kay Nellis going to fit into the vision of this Raheem Morris defense? And I don't think that's really a concern because I don't think Raheem Morris is going to do things drastically differently than, um, you know, what Ryan Nielsen did this past year. You know, he'll, he'll probably co call less cover to man. Like, that's really the biggest change that you'll probably see from the schematic standpoint this year under Raheem Morris and Jimmy Lake, the new defensive coordinator. But, you know, when we talk about Caden Ellis, what was he brought in to be? What was he paid to be? A pass rusher, right? And you saw glimpses of that pass rushing ability, just not enough because of the reasons we talked about with the injury to Troy Anderson. And in the seven games where Caden Ellis was, uh, according to PFF, asked to rush the quarterback six or more times, in those games, he racked up four sacks and 17 pressures. Right. And that number should have been higher than seven games. I think the plan was for that to be all 17 games. And so theoretically, you could have doubled that sort of production. And Caden Ellis could have been an eight sack, 30 plus pressure guy this past season had that injury to Troy Anderson not occurred. And we go back to the offseason conversation around Caden Ellis. We talked about how he had the potential to be a double digit sack guy in 2023. And he was kind of your best bet. If anybody was going to be a double digit sack guy in 2023, it was Caden Ellis. And while he didn't fall, he fell well short of those numbers. You know, when you look at that potential, again, of potentially being an eight sack guy, you understand that he wasn't super, super far off, at least on a per game basis and, and whatnot. So, you know, is Ellis going to be used similarly to? you know, how he was used in, in it, will he be used in Morris's defense the same way Morris and Lake's defense, I should say, Lake's calling plays, um, as he was in Nielsen's. And I think, I think you will, right? Because you look at how Raheem Morris used Ernest Jones last year, very similar, right? Where Ernest Jones was rushing the quarterback a lot on these simulated pressures, right? The Rams, according to Cody Alexander on Twitter, ran the third highest rate of simulated pressures in the NFL last year. And we talked a lot about simulated pressures ahead of the 2022 season as sort of a thing that was going to be the final piece to the DMP's defense. Uh, but for those of you that need a reminder, essentially, if you break it down to its basis, right, on a simulated pressure, you're rushing four. And which four you're rushing is unknown. But generally speaking, in this specific situation, we're talking about that linebacker being that fourth rusher. And then that usually means that you drop one of your D linemen, right? and you know, I haven't studied the Rams defense in depth, you know, from this past year. At some point, we will get to that this offseason. But from what I gather, what, a re what research I've done so far is primarily for the Rams, that fourth rusher was a linebacker in Ernest Jones. And that defensive lineman dropping was their edge rusher, Michael Hoyt. And it's funny because, like, you could see a similar thing happen with the Falcons dropping their edge rushers, like an Arnold Ebiketti, like a D'Angelo Malone, like a Lorenzo Carter. And I recall going back to October where, you know, Tori McElhaney of AtlantaFalcons.com tweeted, oh, Arnold McKinney and D'Angelo Malone are getting linebacker snaps and coverage and whatnot. And Falcons Twitter freaked out, right? And not to go on a Twitter rant, but, you know, this is why the discourse about football on Twitter is, is terrible, right? Because, like, those people that were freaking out about, oh, my God, I can't believe 
these edge rushers are learning linebacker drills and coverage drills, you know, didn't understand this whole notion of simulated pressures and how it's sort of taken the league by storm. The Ravens did it to a huge degree, which was a big reason why their defense had so much success this year. And it's clearly to me, all those people that freaked out about, oh my God, Arnold Evichetti's getting linebacker reps, you know, the sky is falling, are true non-knowers of ball. Uh, they just sort of expose themselves with that. You just don't get how modern defenses work. But that being said, before we talk about Troy Anderson, Nate Landman, I did get an email in regards to Caden Ellis. It comes from Jim. He sent this to LockedOnFalcons at Mail.com. He said, what was the extent of the knee injury to Caden Ellis in the final game of the season against the Saints following the deception by the Falcons regarding the severity of Kyle Pitts' knee injury? I'm highly suspect that the injury to Ellis will linger into next season. Uh, or I, I am, yeah, I am highly suspect. Um, Jim, I recall you being the person that was emailing me back in June about, you know, worried about Kyle Pitts' knee. And I told you not to worry about that. And I'm sure you probably look back at that and say, hey, you know, I had every right to be worried about that. Um, you know, but I, I think this is a, another issue where, like, I don't think you need to worry too much about it because, again, this goes back to my mantra of you can control what you can control. We can't control whether or not the Falcons give us the details of these injuries. They're not obligated to give us the exact details. Of, you know, they can just say, hey, can you injured his knee? That's all. That's the only information that we are obligated to know. Um, and I guess we'll find out later this offseason, come April, come May, come June, whenever, uh, if and when he's back on the practice field. And if he's not back on the practice field and they're saying, oh, you know, He's not going to be ready till training camp or he won't be ready until, you know, week one or whatever. Then we'll find out more information at that point in time. But, you know, I don't know if the Falcons really control whether or not, you know, how long it takes for Caden Ellis to recover. What they do control, however, is, you know, how strong their depth is. And that's going to be something that we're going to talk about later on today's episode. And that's why linebacker to me is sort of a quote unquote low key need in terms of building up depth that they can shore up this offseason. We'll get into that. Uh, as we continue today's Lockdown Falcons. But right now we're going to talk about, you know, if we're looking for a Caden Ellis fill-in, maybe that player is already on the roster in terms of Nate Landman um, and, you know, why Nate Landman's role could potentially change uh, moving forward and why Troy Anderson uh, is still a very valuable piece despite uh, his injury plague season. We'll get into all of that, guys, as we continue today's Locked on Falcons. Now, DoorDash is crucial for your watch party for the upcoming big game. And whether you're looking to order pizza, wings, soda, burgers, nachos, chips, dip, or whatever, you know, maybe you, you want to throw a vegetable in there. DoorDash is the place for you. Or maybe you just forgot to order the buns. You got everything ready. And DoorDash has got you so you can kick back and not stress before kickoff. DoorDash has the unbeatable deals on everything. You can score this season on groceries, restaurant retail, and so much more. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. Just download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Again, that's 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCK23. Subject to change, terms apply. Don't forget to use that code LOCK23, L-O-C-K-E-D, 23 for 50% off up to a $10 value on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject to change, terms apply. And prize picks is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And now that the big game is finally here, it's finally demon time, guys. You can now win up to 100 times your money on your entries with just as little as four 
four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblets are the newest and most exciting way to play on prize picks. Squares marked with the red demons or green goblins just give you different payouts, and you can win up to 10, 100 times, I'm sorry, 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. Big games, big payouts. It's all why prize picks is the number one daily daily fantasy sports app. So many ways to win, and it's simple to play. Just pick two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and it's you versus the projections. And even though there's three million members playing on prize picks, it's not, you know, you're sitting there, you're not worried about, oh, how can I possibly win against three million people? No, it's you versus the projections, guys. You don't have to worry about any of those other 2,999,999 other people playing on it. And PrizePix is basically giving you a free entry because basically if Patrick Mahomes throws for more than one yard, just one yard in the upcoming big game, you won on PrizePix. That's one entry that you nailed. You just got to come up with a few more and you can win up to 100 times your payout and your money on your entry. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL in lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use promo code locked on NFL. Prizepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Continuing today's Locked On Falcons, want to plug the Locked On Sports Today 24 7 streaming channel right here on YouTube giving you the biggest stories on all the leagues across the globe. And if you're looking for more local flavor, check out the Locked On Sports Atlanta 24-7 streaming channel right here on YouTube to get the latest updates on the Braves, Bulldogs, Hawks, Hawks, and Falcons. I always say Hawks weird. I'm just a weird person. Um, All part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we talked about Troy Anderson getting hurt in that week three Lions game, and Nate Lamon was asked to sort of step up and fill him, and Nate Lamon did an admirable job. Right now, if you listen to this podcast, we weren't narrowly as high on Nate Lamon as maybe some other people were in the fan base, um, mostly because I, I sort of see Nate Lamon as a high-level backup rather than a long-term starter that others might see him as. And, you know, the simplest way I can explain that is linebackers are basically asked to play in four directions, right? You can go forward, right, which means, you know, downhill, tacking the line of scrimmage. You can go side to side, east-west, you know, in pursuit all that stuff, coverage and whatnot. And you can go backwards, which is mostly coverage, right? And Lamon's issues are that he is only really good going in one of those directions, which is forward. He's a very good downhill run defender, but as long as you keep him inside the hashes, like if you're asking him to make sideline the sideline plays, you know, you're going to leave a little bit less desired. If you're asking him to drop into coverage, it's going to leave a little bit less desired. Now, he's functional in those areas, obviously. He wasn't some massive liability in that. But the more and more you watch the film, the more and more you see like you you are stretching him <laughs> to his limits, right? And I think putting him on the field as a full-time starter is only going to continue to stretch that, and that's going to lead to opposing teams being like, oh, we can attack that. That's the weak link in the chain, right? Especially the, the better offenses in the league. Now, it's not as if Caden Ellis was great in these areas either. He's primarily that going forward type of linebacker. But the thing that Caden Ellis brings to the table that Nate Lehman doesn't quite Get there is Kate Nellis is a plus pass rusher hailing from his days as a true edge rusher at, in college at Idaho or wherever he played. Um, and that plus pass rushing ability gives you something of value on third downs. You know, it's a passing league, right? And Landman's not really giving you that on those third downs, right? He's mostly a run defender. He's giving you the stuff on early downs, but, you know, two down linebackers, you know, gone the way of the dodo, 
you know, ask Ed Hartwell, right? But I do think in a world where Caden Ellis is limited, as we just discussed, going into the season, Landman gives you enough as a pass rusher moving forward that he can be a functional replacement for, um, you know, Caden Ellis in that arena. But ultimately, you know, if the Falcons' goal is to build a championship-caliber defense, which I think we all assume should be their goal, you know, I do think Landman presents you with some limitations, right? Because, you know, if we're thinking about it, again, obviously, who are going to be those teams in 2025, 2026? Who knows at this point in time? But let's imagine, let's say the Falcons were in the NFC title game this past year, and they're going up against the Lions, or they're going up against the 49ers. Is a guy that runs a 4-8-9-40 like Nate Landman the guy that you want to put on a running back like Jameer Gibbs, who runs a 4-3-6? Or Sam Laporta, who runs a 4-5-9? Or George Kittle, who runs a 4-4, whatever he runs? Or Christian McCaffrey and whatever he runs? Like, yeah, that's probably going to be a problem. It's kind of the point I'm trying to make. That's a mismatch waiting to happen. And so I look at Nate Lamon's 2023 season and I say, hey, that's an applause, golf clap, for getting what you got out of Nate Lamon this year. But I kind of think he's already kind of peaked. Now, when you contrast that with Troy Anderson, I think Troy Anderson's only scratching the surface of his potential, right? And he is the type of player that theoretically, potentially, you could put on a Jameer Gibbs, you could put on a Sam Laporta, you could put on a George Kittle or, or Christian McCaffrey and feel pretty comfortable, theoretically, that he can neutralize those types of players because of the athlete that he is, right? But he's not there yet. And unfortunately, the injury kind of derailed his progress in that regard because prior to that injury, we were looking at this year in 2023 for Troy Anderson as, okay, well, he just needs the reps. This is going to be maybe a little bit of a roller coaster up and down, growing pain type of season, like in the same way that we've kind of thought about with Desmond Ritter. You know, it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster as he gets his feet wet. Troy Anderson was kind of the defensive equivalent to that because we knew coming out of Montana State, he was a fairly raw player, athletic, but needs the reps, right? And you know, up and down first year as a starter in 2023. But unfortunately, we didn't really get that because we only got two games of him. And we did get glimpses of that up and down in those two starts. But, you know, we needed to see more of that. And now, I guess 2024 is going to be that growing pains year, right? And that only leaves you one more year left on his rookie contract, 2025, where, you know, things need to click before he becomes a free agent. You have to make a decision on whether or not he's going to be the long-term you know, linebacker that we, you know, and, and be that guy that can check the Jameer Gibbses and the Sam Laportas and the Christian McCaffreys in the future should the Falcons get there, right? And before, theoretically, if he had had that growing pains years in 2023, you would have had two years for it all to kind of click together. And that, you know, basically what's happened is now your margin for error has shrunk. Now, Anderson is the type of linebacker that can move well in all four directions, right? From an athletic standpoint, physically, he's there. It's, it's the mental stuff that he needs to get there. And, you know, it's certainly possible that we get to, you know, nine months from now and we're doing a podcast with, with Jarvis Davis here on Lockdown Falcons and we're talking about, hey, J Troy Anderson's struggling, right? And there's going to be a push, and I know Jarvis probably be leading that push. He, you know, <laughs> he's he's not a Troy Anderson fan at this point in time, right? He's not a hater or anything. Like, he's just like, I need to see it, right? Um, and, and, and Jarvis might be leading that push to, Hey, Nate Landman wasn't struggling like this, put him back in the lineup. And, you know, we may get across that bridge when we get to it, but I personally think sitting here today and we'll see how it plays out over the next nine plus months. But I personally think that whatever short-term gains you're getting from that are setting you back long-term because this defense's ceiling 
is going to be a lot higher if it clicks for Troy Anderson. But that's a big if, right? It's not a win at this point. It's an if, if it clicks for Troy Anderson. So that's why, like, I'm Team Troy, I guess you could say. Hashtag Team Troy, right? You know, you're on hashtag Team Nate or whatever. I get it. But I do think for those reasons I've just explained, I think, you know, the, the potential, the, the the roof gets raised. Uh <laughs> If if Troy Anderson, you know, turns into the player, but, you know, we talked about the three main linebackers on the team, you know, adding some more depth, I think is low key a need because losing Troy Anderson this year exposed the lack of athleticism, the lack of depth this year, maybe adding another coverage guy to the mix makes a ton of sense in the event that, you know, Troy Anderson gets hurt again, as well as, you know, it's possible that the Falcons don't look at their linebacker position as, oh, we just need to add some depth. Maybe Raheem Morris is like, look, let's shake things up. Let's come go out there and bring in a brand new starter. And we'll break that down as we wrap up today's Locked on Falcons. This next segment is brought to us by our proud sponsor, BetterHelp. And sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, big or small. Certain things can really start to get you get to you in life. And it's important to let it out, especially to someone who's unbiased on your life. And uh, while I just told you how I really feel about Nate Landman and Troy Anderson and the rest of the Falcons linebacker core, I also have some thoughts on who this fourth linebacker should be on the depth chart. But sometimes you might have different things you want to share. Therapy can be different for everyone. And most of us have bigger problems than what our favorite sports team is doing and who's the fourth linebacker on their depth chart. And it's important to get those things off your chest every once in a while. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be flexible and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. So continuing on your first listen of the day for the everydayers out there, uh, tomorrow we'll probably be talking corners. Uh, and then we'll wrap up the week with safeties. And then at some point we'll we'll do special teams. You know, it matters um, in terms of our season review. And then, you know, next week, I think we'll get into some quarterback stuff. We'll start talking more about the Falcons plethora of options at quarterback, as well as some draft stuff with combine coming up. And we'll start digging into some of these schematic things that we're talking about on some of these episodes. So a lot in store for you in the month of February. So continue to make Lockdown Falcons your first listen. Now, Wrapping up today's episode, you know, we look at the impending free agents. Andre Smith is a free agent. I don't expect him to be back. He was mostly a special teams player. And then when he did get opportunities late in the season due to some injuries to guys like Caden Ellis uh, and Nate Lemon, uh, he was even a bigger liability in coverage, which, you know, I, I felt like, you know, you didn't have better options this past year, but now you have an opportunity to get better options. Now, I think they could sign a fourth linebacker and someone like a Troy Reader who played for Raheem Morris in 20, uh, the last couple of years with the Rams, makes a ton of sense. He's a special teams player. That's his primary function. He did start games down the stretch in that Super Bowl run back in 2021 for the Rams. And I did see a quote that, you know, Raheem Morris said, oh, Troy is one of my favorite players, although I'm sure Raheem says that about a lot of players. Um, and so it would make sense for the Falcons to bring him in as a fourth uh, linebacker. But, you know, readers on the older side, he's going to be 30 in September. And so ideally, I think you're probably wanting to get a little bit younger, a little bit more athletic, add some youth, some speed, some athleticism at this position, rather than going with an older declining special teams player um, that is not as spry as he once was like a Troy Reader. And so, you know, I think that means, you know, potentially drafting a day three guy 
you know, a late round guy. I think that's where you can get that sort of developmental depth at the linebacker position. Now, in terms of who are some of those options, I have no clue, guys. I've only I haven't even begun to really break down the linebacker prospects. You know, we got bigger fish to fry like quarterbacks and whatnot. That will be probably something that we might address a little bit closer to draft time. Uh, but you know, it is worth noting that. You know, while I sit here and say, oh, they can wait till day three and get a fourth linebacker or something like that, you know, Raheem Morris might have different plans. He might say, look, you know, as good as Caden Ellis, as good as Troy Anderson are, as good as Nate Landman is, I, you know, this is a position that we can completely remake, right? Or, you know, it could be due to the injury and the question marks surrounding Troy Anderson's coming off the torn pectoral, whatever the mysterious, deceptive, as Jim would put it, uh, knee injury that Caden Ellis suffered in that week 18 finale against the Saints. And that means that we might need a little bit more than Nate Lehman. And again, as I suggested, you know, Nate Lehman has limitations potentially as a starter. And so maybe the Falcons could enter free agency shopping for a starter rather than just looking for depth. And, you know, that I would imagine would be a free agent option rather than waiting to the draft to get a plug and play starter. Um, at that point. So, you know, would be remiss if we didn't wrap up today's episode talking about, or at least mentioning some of the bigger names that could potentially hit the market this off season. If you're looking for that sort of veteran leadership presence, right? Levante David is a free agent, Bobby Wagner, who played for the Rams in 2022 and Jordan Hicks, um, are some of the veteran guys. If you're looking for some of the young up and coming guys that, you know, may hit the market, that are looking for paydays, Patrick Queen from the Ravens, Jordan Brooks from the Seahawks, Aziz Al-Shair from the Titans, formerly of the 49ers, Devin White of the Bucks, Willie Gay of the Chiefs, right? If you're looking for, you know, that sort of downhill uh, blitzing guy, Frankie Louvre from the Panthers is very good uh, in terms of filling that Caden Ellis light shoes. Josie Jewell from the Broncos is a, a solid sort of all around, maybe a rich man's Nate Lindman or something like that. Blake Cashman's uh, an athletic guy from the Jets. Uh, Drew Tranquil, also from the Chiefs, you know, gay and Tranquil. You guys get to see both of those guys play uh, in the big game this weekend. So you can do some early scouting for uh, some potential options there. So those are some of the options there. Again, I guess we'll we'll find out, you know, to, to answer Jim's question at some point, we, we might get our answer on how serious Caden Ellis's knee injury is if the Falcons go out there in March and, and spend a little bit more money at that linebacker position than at least initially what we've been talking about for most of the first 20 minutes of, the, of this podcast, thinking that they'll do. So uh, I guess we'll get those answers eventually. So, Jim, I just say be patient and we'll find out the truth will come out in the end. Um, so there is our linebacker breakdown. Um, we'll talk more corners tomorrow and we'll see what other news, if anything else out there, uh, is worthy of, you know, that premium Falcons content here on your first listen here on this illustrious podcast, Locked on Falcons, check out Locked on Sports Atlanta, Locked on Sports Today's 24-7 streaming YouTube channels, check out Locked on NFL, of course, if you're getting geared up for the big game. Check out Locked on Chiefs, Locked on 49ers. They got you covered all week long. It's all part of the Locked on Podcast Network, guys. Your team every day.